Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian. Now what? Where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Kate Davis, a registered dietitian who has a passion for sports nutrition and is a CSST. She has her own business, RD Kate Sports Nutrition, and wears many different hats, such as a consultant for the U.S. Paralympics, editor-in-chief for the Sports Nutrition Care Manual of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, secretary of the Nutrition Entrepreneurs DPG, and last but not least, wife and mom. Please enjoy my conversation with Kate. Well, I, I'm so glad. I know that um, you had reached out to me a while back to kind of just chat about your journey and to be on the podcast. And I have seen your name in, in nutrition entrepreneurs, and I feel like you have a lot going on. And I'm so excited to learn more about just kind of where you started with dietetics. How did you kind of get into it and now what you're doing now? So why don't you take me back to when you were a little Kate and when did you decide, <laughs> when did you decide you wanted to be a dietitian? Um, so I decided actually when I was in college, um, I'd never heard of a dietitian before. I didn't know anything about it. Um, although once I chose to be a dietitian, I then kind of remembered I had met a dietitian and my childhood best friend is a dietitian. And I just never put that together until I chose dietetics. And then I always called her my second mom. And she said, well, you realize that I'm a dietitian. And I was like, no way. And I had no idea. Um, so yeah, I was going to one, I was going to the university of Michigan and I was actually going to be a um, child psychologist. That was my kind of place that I was heading towards and I was kind of deciding I didn't really want to do that and I ended up taking a class at that university um, called the biology of human nutrition and that kind of sparked my interest in nutrition um, I had always been an athlete and I luckily had had a couple coaches that had mentioned here and there like hey eat these things before the race make sure you drink water you know like really basic messaging um that i didn't realize was very unique at the time it's not so much anymore but at that point in time it was pretty unique to have a coach who would do that um but anyway so through this class i connected with um an instructor or a student i should say who was at the school of public health and she kind of piqued my interest more in nutrition. And then I ended up connecting um, with the program director at Michigan State University. So I actually switched and these schools are rivals. So it was yeah. a deal. <laughs> um, but I actually, I had to switch because U of M didn't have an undergrad program in this. Mm -hmm. And so I had to switch to MSU and um, started the program there. Now, are you a college athlete as well? I was not. No, okay. I was. Um, I was a distance runner in high school. I'm not going to say I for sure was even good enough to do anything in, in college, but <laughs> I, no. I honestly didn't even want to entertain it because I, I just knew with my personality that it would make me hate it if I had to train that much. And I didn't sure. want like my entire life being athletics. And that's not to speak negatively of any of the athletes that do that. Obviously, I work with them. Um, mm -hmm. But you really have to love it. You have to love it because it is your entire life, you know, in college. And that's just not what I wanted going into that. I met, I think that's interesting. You brought up your coaches at that time that were like, Hey, you should do this before a race. Cause that you're right. Like back then that was coaches weren't, that wasn't a thing for coaches at all. 
No, it wasn't. Yeah. Other than maybe drink water. They probably yes. said that. <laughs> um, but, but to actually say like, here's some good ideas for things you can eat before the race. Or I would get on the bus for a race morning and they would say, hey, did you eat? And they would like, you know, check in. And it was so I also switched high schools halfway through. And so I had two different cross country coaches in mm. high school and they were the same, like they both were the same way. And they both were um, cross country runners in college. So I wonder if that's kind of why. Um, oh, sure. But I just got really lucky and had these two great coaches that actually talked about nutrition with us. Interesting. So how was the transition to Michigan State? Did it go fine? (laughs) You know, it typical transitions, right? It was tough with friend stuff. Um, classes, luckily, it was pretty seamless. I was able to do like some summer classes and everything transferred. Um, I will say the environments of those two universities is drastically different. So that was a big adjustment, kind of learning that and um, navigating through that. But I loved the program and I had a really supportive um, didactic program director who I actually ended up working for an undergrad. So we were, you know, we got really close and she was just just super supportive of me and my career so never second guess you never second guess the move i didn't i did it no that's good so after you graduated kind of you know i know that you're in sports nutrition now did you always kind of start out in that sports nutrition that was always a passion of yours or did you kind of transition into that more of a transition yeah so so again back then so this would have been 2006 I graduated from undergrad and so that was you know on probably around the time when when sports nutrition was starting to build more in popularity like there were you know some uh dietitians in collegiate level and that sort of thing but but I think sports nutrition as a thing as like something that was important that you should do or follow was starting to build a little bit but no I actually graduated from undergrad and um went on and did my internship which was back at the University of Michigan health system which was sort of comical so I was like jumping (laughs) back and forth um but no I was pretty convinced I was going to get go back and get my master's in public health um, and do like the WIC or like the Head Start route. That was kind of the community nutrition was where I I was thinking. But um, thank goodness my, so again, this program director, she gave me the best advice that, you know, I could have gotten at the time um, because I was thinking of doing like a combined master's internship. And she said, you know what, I don't recommend that because once you get into your internship, you might realize that you want to work in something entirely different. And then you'll have this master's that's very specific to, you know, an area and it might not really coincide with your new career goals. And that's exactly what happened. So thank goodness I didn't go that route. Um, But I did my internship. And then I just decided to work clinically for a while because I wasn't really sure like 100% what I wanted to do. So I worked in Indianapolis at a... um, at a hospital, kind of your classic clinical dietitian job. Um, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, I, 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 I hated it every single day. <laughs> um, but what I will say, and what was very interesting, how this worked out, uh, you know, with a cl- at this, at least with this clinical job, um, I was able to work from 7 a.m. until 4 p.m. Like I had these just awesome hours where I could get up early, I could go in, I could get the work done, and I could leave, right? Really set hours. Um, mm-hmm. And I never had to, you know, really work long hours once, once in a while, right? But because of that, at the same time, I was, I was really becoming interested in triathlon. And so I was doing a lot of training for that. And so I was able to like, you know, train before work, train after work, like I could really train as much as I wanted, because I was 
uh, not married. And, you know, my, my boyfriend, who's now my husband, he lived um, an hour and a half away. So, you know, we didn't see each other too much. And so, the interesting thing about that is I joined some different training groups. So I joined like a, a biking group and what started happening is, is they would find out I was a dietitian and they'd be like, well, Hey, what should I be eating before I come, you know, bike these 20 miles or 30 miles or 40 miles? Or what do you think I should be eating during the, the bike and that sort of thing? And my answer was always, I have no idea, but I'll find out, you know, because I, I, I don't know, you know, I didn't know that was a mm-hmm. thing. And then through my clinical job, I also had an opportunity to speak to the YMCA. They had like a marathon training group. And so I was able to put together a whole presentation as part of my job on nutrition for marathoners. And that I, I feel like is really when I was like, huh, this is kind of cool. I kind of like this. I, I think this is what I want to do. Oh my gosh, so interesting. And then, you know, really, like you said, it wasn't like something that was very, it wasn't as spoken about. And there probably wasn't as many opportunities that way when it came to sports nutrition. So you were kind of at the kind of the beginning stages of when it started to become really popular. Yes. Yeah, I was. I was exactly. And so it was really navigating like, how do I do this? Where do I go? What kind of training do I need to have? Because now, I mean, there's so many sports nutrition master's programs and just so many opportunities for shadowing and training that didn't really exist back then. Um, Mm -hmm. There were some programs, don't get me wrong. But so what I ended up doing is I, I did look at some of these existing programs, but the problem was they were all really far from home. So I, I'm mm-hmm. from Michigan and I wanted to stay somewhere in the Midwest and they were all like Florida and Colorado, <laughs> you know, like really far away. And it sounded really cool, but I don't know, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a homebody. I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to do even for two years. I just don't want to do that. And then of course, you know, I had a boyfriend at the time and we were oh, pretty yeah. serious, you know, like we didn't really want to be that long distance. So anyway, so, you know, really long story short, I ended up contacting um, my program director again, the same person once again, and just kind of saying, hey, I'm really interested in this. Do you have any advice? And she said, well, honestly, if you want to come back, I think I can make this happen. I think we can basically create a program for you that's essentially a nutrition master's with an emphasis in exercise physiology. And we can combine classes from the School of Kinesiology. We can get people on your um, on your committee that are, you know, cover exercise and cover nutrition. And I, I think we can make this happen. Happen. And I said, and she said, and I think we could get you a, an assistantship where you could actually work with athletics and get the experience with athletes. And I was like, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so that's bananas. Um, yeah, oh I know. Gosh. I know. I mean, you know, you talk about like it's important to make relationships with people, right? And you never know like how people can help you out, right? In your career. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, once again, you know, this, uh, this individual, um, she was just awesome. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's what I ended up doing. But before that, so one, there were basically two existent internships at the time in sports nutrition. One was through a group called Athletes Performance. Um, the other was through IMG Academy, which is a training academy in Florida. And so they had, they both had like these rolling internships where it was a period of months and you got all this like in-depth um, experience and all that sort of thing. So I ended up applying 
applying for and getting an internship with IMG Academy in Florida. So what happened is I quit my clinical job in June uh, and like packed up all my stuff. Like a week later, I drove down to Florida with my brother. He came with me uh, just to accompany <laughs> me. I started my internship like, I don't know, June 15th or something. And I did a two-month internship through August 15th, packed up all my stuff again, drove back to Michigan, um, moved into my apartment and started my program at the end of August. So, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> but you know the things you do like before you have kids oh, or right? like any responsibility, yeah. like let's be honest. So I could do that kind of stuff. And um and it gave me such great experience before I even got into my program. Um, and because I was already an RD, which they didn't have that very often in this internship, a lot of times it was students who were studying to be an RD. But because I was already an RD, they gave me like so much more autonomy um, because of that, mm -hmm. which was really cool. So I just had some really awesome experiences down there and then, you know, went back and did this program for two years, had an assistantship with athletics. So I had a lot of interaction um, with different sports, but mostly like football, field hockey, and then like a little bit dabbled, you know, with all the other sports. And that was really cool. And so again, very much new, um, you know, new to the sports nutrition scene at that point, like it was still building. It's, it's not what it is now, or it wasn't, you know, what it is now. Um, so it, it was just cool. It was cool to be involved at that point in time. You like made things happen. You like created your path in a crazy way. But I think that's so awesome that, like you said, the things that you do when you don't have all these responsibilities, you probably look back and go, wow, I did all that. That's crazy. <laughs> it was a pretty, it was a pretty nuts time. We, I made the joke that I moved every two years. Like I never stayed in the same place. Sixteen. So <laughs> yeah. at least you're consistent with that, right? You know, I try, I try. <laughs> So after your program, um, so what kind of were the next steps as far as career-wise? Because I know that that probably was kind of tricky, just trying to navigate that first career. Yeah, yeah. So... So it was interesting, right? So I had been an RD for a while at that point. So I graduated in 2011. Um, I had gotten my RD registration in 2007. And so I had, you know, a decent amount of experience, not a ton, clearly, but a mm -hmm. decent amount. And so um, I had gotten engaged right at the end of my master's program. And so I knew I was moving out to Chicago area um, because that's where my, you know, fiance now husband, that's where he had um, gotten a job. So he's also from Michigan, but that's where he had gotten a job. So I started, of course, looking kind of around Chicago, like what are the opportunities? And so again, back then, not not as much as, as what you have now, but it was basically you could work for a university um, or maybe, you know, a bigger university like Northwestern or um, Gatorade Sports Science Institute was another option too, um, because mm. they're out in Barrington, Illinois, and they, they hire, you know, all kinds of um, exercise physiologists and dietitians, and it's really cool work. Okay, so the problem was, at this point, I knew where I was going to be located. If any of the places that I really could get a kind of what, what I would call like your normal, typical full-time job, I would have a really long commute, like 
45 minutes to an hour each way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so again, not to speak negatively of anybody who does that or chooses that, but it just wasn't something I wanted. And I knew, you know, eventually we want to have kids. And I was like, what's going to happen, you know, when I've got this great yeah. job and I built it up and now I've got to drive, you know, an hour each way. And we've got kids. We're trying to balance daycare. I was like, I just don't want to do it. So, you know, at that point, it was just very obvious that the only way I could do this, the way that I wanted it to work from a family, um, like a, like a life balance was if I started my mm-hmm. own business. And so I was like that, okay, well, you know, sure. Why don't we do that? I was like, <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Um, you know, I, I did not have a program where we had any sort of entrepreneurial classes at all. Um, so I totally had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, that's okay. You know, we'll, we'll figure this out, you know? And so luckily, um, you know, I had time to play with, uh, because we were getting married in December. Um, I moved out and moved in with a, a friend in July, I think it was. Mm, yeah, some, somewhere around then. So I had some time like and I knew that when we got married, like we'd have his income. So I had a very unique situation, you know, like not everybody has this like some some people like you, you have to hit the ground running like you have to go you have to make a lot of money quickly because you're the only one supporting yourself. And so I totally acknowledge like I had so much flexibility. And I could really take my time and write up my business plan, write up my marketing plan, like kind of go about it systematically with without having the stress of, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my bills type of thing. Um, Now I did take on like a nanny job at the time just to like make some money while I was doing all of my business planning. And so it's not like I just, (laughs) I just kicked my feet up and had a martini (laughs) or something. (laughs) Planning my business, having cocktails. (laughs) Um, I did make money, but, but you know what I mean? Like it was just, it's a different, it's a different playing field. Um, you know, depending on what your individual situation is. Well, and that, and even thinking about, like, I think that, yes, there are a lot of people that probably jump into entrepreneurship, but sometimes it's not a bad thing just to take a step back and take some time and have that time to kind of think about it a little bit more broadly and, and go into it with as much information as you possibly can. So that's awesome that you had that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it was perfect. And um, it really allowed me to, you know, take the time to find the good resources that really worked for what I was trying to do to connect with other dietitians that, you know, I had met through different outlets. Um, it allowed me to get really involved with SCAM, which is, you know, one of the dietetic practice groups for the Academy of Nutrition Dietetics. So it's like the group that really focuses in sports nutrition. So it allowed me to, like, I ended up getting on their board eventually and really creating good relationships there and and getting to know people that gave me just great advice with respect to my business, um, you know, continuing my business, growing my business, figuring out what I wanted to do with my business. So, um, yeah, it was it was a really nice um, situation for that. So is that currently now, are you still under your own business and that's how you practice now? Yeah. So I started the business, um, like I mentioned in 2011 and then, and it's been going ever since, um, it's, it's, uh, evolved a little bit, but it's always been, you know, just me, I guess I'll say, (laughs) um, I did hire somebody (laughs) when I went on one of my maternity leaves, but the other two maternity leaves, I didn't, um, hire anybody. I just literally went on leave, um, 
but yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's interesting because, um, I don't know if you ever think back, like when you were a student or when you were a new RD, like what you thought you would do with your career versus like what you actually did and why you made those choices. Mm -hmm. Right. So when I started, I really, um, I should say when I got like into sports nutrition, I really was like, I want to be, you know, one of the best in the world. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be known. I'm going to get to the top. I'm going to do like all the big stuff. And to be honest, I have done a lot of the big stuff, but what I realized as time went on is as more and more like bigger and bigger opportunities came, I was like, you know what? I don't know if I, really want those anymore, you know, or if it just sounds really cool to do that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because of the sacrifices you sure. are having to make, you know, in your family life to make that happen. And so, you know, the reason I say that is like with my business, when I started it, I said, you know, eventually I would like to grow it. I'd like to have a big practice. I'd like to have employees. Um, and I won't say that will never, ever, ever happen. Um, cause my kids are very young. So maybe when they get older, but what I will say is it's not going to happen <laughs> anytime soon, you know, because <laughs> it's just the stress yeah. of that and, and dealing with that. Um, so we, it, yeah, I, I think my, goals for the business have changed. Um, but it's been so nice having my own business, although it's been, you know, a ton of work and a ton of learning and probably a lot of making mistakes. You know, it's, it's to be able to carve something out that really works well for your lifestyle is to me, it's really a gift that, that I've been able to do that. Well, and I like that you talk about that life balance, because I think most of us want that life balance, but we just don't know how to create it or we don't know how to say no. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming you've had to say no to a lot of things to create that life balance. I have. have. I have. Yeah. And, and it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard every time. It's hard in the moment to see these great opportunities and, and to, to, you know, be able to pull myself out of the emotional response of, oh, my gosh, that sounds so cool. Or, wow, you know, what would people think of me if I did that? You know, and be able to pull myself out of that and be like, okay, but what would this really mean for us and for our family? Um, I'll tell you a, a great story, actually, about that. So I have the best husband in the world um, for a lot of reasons, but especially when it comes to, like, career life balance. He's just been a really great sounding board for, like, is this a really, like, is this a good idea or is this am I being ridiculous here? You know, and he's really good about saying, Mm -hmm. you know what, that, that doesn't sound like something that would work with our life. Do you know what I mean? So we Mm -hmm. were, um, so I mentioned that I started my business in Illinois outside of Chicago. So um, we decided eventually that we wanted to move back to Michigan. And so this was um, around 2015, late 2015, we made this decision. And so at the time, my business was just booming. I mean, it was doing awesome. Um, I had really like created a name around the suburb area. And so it was a big, it was hard. It was, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose all this. It's going to be really tough. Well, wouldn't you know, around the same time, I was contacted by one of the major league baseball teams in the area. And they said, we want to bring on a sports dietitian and we're really interested in you. And I was like, Oh, you've got to be kidding me. You know, like, <laughs> what? And so I, you know, I went and met with them and just trying to figure out like what they were looking for. And I was like, you know, what? I don't know what I'm going to do with this, but I just, I just have to at least meet with them and see what's going on. So I come home 
and I tell my husband and I was like, so I was thinking, you know, maybe I could just do this for like a year. Like it can't be that bad. You know, like I'll just drive back from Michigan to Chicago. It's only like three and a half or four hours. I could do it like, you know, once every two weeks or something like that. Stay there for a few days. And he's just sitting there like smiling and kind of nodding like let me get it all out and <laughs> and I don't know exactly what he said in response but it was probably something like I'm not sure that's going to work for a while you know <laughs> so, so um yeah so it was really it was sad it was hard I had to go back and tell them I'm sorry you know I can't I can't do this. And, you know, I ended up referring some other dietitians to them and, and it was great, you know, and it was a good opportunity for me to really like share um, that success with other dietitians in terms of giving them that opportunity. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard every time to say no. And it's not just the big contracts. It could be like the individual clients too. Right. So my business is extremely, mm -hmm extremely specific. Um, my target clientele is extremely defined and that's by design um, because that was something that I learned as I was starting my business is you will be more successful the more defined you are because you'll start to become established as the expert with that particular group, right? Versus being more general, not that you can't be successful, but it, it can be very challenging because you're kind of pulling yourself in 10 different directions and trying to specialize in all these different areas. So because I'm so defined, um, it makes it really challenging sometimes when I get phone calls from a potential client and they want me to work with them. And it's not really my clientele, you know, but it's hard to turn down money. Right. And it's, and it's like, I know right. I could do it. I just don't want to, or it's just not my, you know, particular area. So that's hard to say no to. It's always hard to say no when an opportunity is presented. Cause I think it's always like, well, shoot, what if, what if that does, this doesn't come along again? What if, you know, what if I'm missing right. out on something? But I think that's good that you've set kind of your boundaries with what, who you're going to take, what kind of target audience you're going to have. So you do have more criteria to say no a little easier than maybe in yeah, the past. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I think I've learned, and I think I learned this in moving. So, you know, like I mentioned, we moved, we ended up moving in July, 2016, and we've been in the same place ever since in Michigan. And it was, it was a really, really tough transition time from a career standpoint. And I really struggled with it. And I really felt like I was just losing so much. And I ended up um, hiring a, I guess I will call her a life coach. She's a dietitian. Um, she's awesome. And I just hired her because I was like, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do anymore. I don't know how to get past this hump et cetera, et cetera. And so I went into this relationship with her thinking that she would help me to find like what to do with my business and that sort of thing. But what she actually did is she helped me to find what it was in my life that made me happy. Yes. But also that made me say, okay, I'm successful. And so she took me through like all these different areas of my life and had me to find, okay, what is success for this area? What is success for this area? And the crazy thing was that as I went through it, I realized that every single area I was already successful in, but it was like, I had hmm. this feeling like I wasn't and I, it wasn't enough and I needed to do more. But when in fact, if I actually took myself out of that emotional attachment or whatever the case from it, I could see that 
I was already achieving everything that I ever, you know, just about that I ever thought I would. And um, it was a really cool experience because I think what it made me realize is, you know, we always talk about like missed opportunities or I had to turn down that opportunity. And what I've what I've learned to say now is. No, you know, I, I don't look at it that way anymore because it's not an opportunity if it's not something that would have worked for me. Do you know what I mean? Like that's not an opportunity anymore. Yeah. That, that's, that's an opportunity for somebody else, but it wasn't an opportunity for me because right. it wasn't a good fit. So I didn't miss out on something. I chose to not take that because it, it just wasn't a good fit. And it totally changes your mindset as an entrepreneur when you when you can really take the reins and and just realize that about your business and yourself. It just really helps, I think, you know, just stay a little bit more positive <laughs> along the way, right? And and right. realize though, like what what is important, what is not, what do you want your business to be, what do you not want it to be? The your coach sounds amazing. Cause I think that that's a different way of thinking about being a coach, like a dietitian coach, just, you know, focus on business and money and that type of stuff. But it's so good to mm-hmm. look at the big picture, not just that part of it. Cause that's such a small part when you think about right. the rest of your right. life. Yeah. And that's what she was, she was really great at doing. Mm-hmm. Who, do yeah, you mind sharing um, who Sherry that was? Bork is her name? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I love her. She's, She's so awesome. I know yes. her very well. <laughs> she is. <laughs> she is. But see, like, that's the kind of thing that I think a lot of dietitians, even early in their career, think that that money and success and doing all the things is what makes you successful. And that's not necessarily true. And you have to define it for yourself before anyone else exactly. can define it yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. So cool. So how, so tell me, you know, when you do, when you, when you do your clients, so were you virtual or all in person when you so were when in Illinois? So when I was Illinois? in Illinois, it was um, all in person. I had maybe two or three virtual clients, um, but it was all in person. I had kind of your traditional office and I would go in several days a week um, and see clients all day. You know, I'd have like 10 to 12 clients a day, you know, that sort of thing. So very like classic. Oh, traditional. wow. Um, once we moved to Michigan, we moved to an extremely remote <laughs> area. Did <laughs> you <laughs> actually live in a, a hundred year old farmhouse and on uh, oh, wow. a centennial farm, the property has been in the family for over 150 years in my husband's family. Um, got about five barns. Aww. So it's, it's really cool. And, and like I said, the transition was hard, but once I was able to step back, I was like, this is a really, really cool situation. It's a great place to raise our family and our kids. Um, but, and that's the big but, you know, it's not a great place to have a career. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> type of career I had before. Yeah. And so I tried there. So um, there's a bigger city about 35, 40 minutes from us. And so I did try having an office there for a little bit. And it just it just was too hard. It just didn't work out. And so I ended up going all virtual probably, probably around like 2017 or so and have been okay. since then. And, and you I do love, love it. it. Yeah, I do love it. Now I will say I have, so I have several different contracts. I don't just work with individuals. So I did have a couple contracts okay. where I was driving um, to Grand Rapids area of Michigan. And so um, it's not like I was only at home now with the pandemic. I am pretty much only at home. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> prior, I was I was going out to Grand Rapids at least once a week, if not twice a week. 
Um, and then I have another contract with um, the USOPC, um, so um, USA Paralympics, and that is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So I was going there twice a month. Um, now I haven't been there in quite some time, obviously. Um, but so it's not like I was always exclusively just at home, um, but a lot of my time is mm-hmm. at home. So tell me about your targeted audience. Who is who are the you know clients you serve, and kind of take me through a day with with what your life is like when it comes oh, to work. There's a pre-COVID or <laughs> <laughs> you know I know isn't that funny how it's like oh everything was pre-COVID and now it's because you know you're right now what is happening now is kind of setting the tone for what's going to happen yeah. in the future. So probably pre-COVID is right, never going right. to exist again. Yeah, and and I think too you know as a sports dietitian, no day is really the same. Um, they're always kind of all over the place, having different contracts too. It it really varies day to day what I'm working on. Um, but I would say, you know, generally my target clientele is um, anybody who is uh, considers themselves an athlete or is an active individual. So I work with all ages. Probably the youngest I take um, is around uh, 12 or so. I have done younger, but it's it's got to be a unique person, a unique kid that's really focused. Um, like I worked with a, a top tennis player um who was originally from India, but he was about 10 at the time. And I did quite a bit of work with him, but he was, Mm. you know, very unique. And of course, a lot of that was work with the parents too. Um, But then, uh, you know, I take, you know, all the way on up. I I have several clients who are like mid sixties and I love those. They're honestly a whole lot of fun. They're extremely, you know, again, they've got to be active. Um, Depending on my busyness, sometimes I'll only work with um, competitive athletes who are, you know, actively competing or training for a competition. Um, It just depends on kind of what's going on. Um, But that is generally, you know, Mm -hmm. the main clientele that I work with. Um, And then I also do, you know, writing work for um, it could be, you know, athletic based companies or, um, you know, food based companies targeting athletes. I've worked for um, like the United Dairy Industry of Michigan and that sort of thing, doing different writing and blogging and and that sort of thing. Um, Yeah. yeah. So um, so that's that's kind of who I'm who I'm targeting, who I'm kind of writing for, Um, you know, and then in terms of a day, yeah, it's all over the board, you know, so generally I'll have a handful of clients I'm seeing virtually. um, So I'll have those. Um, I also work as the editor in chief for the sports nutrition care manual through the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. So um, I might have some like editing work to do for them. Um, we're, We're doing a lot of updates and modifications. So, you know, just kind of going through that stuff and, and making changes and, um, and whatnot. Um, you know, it could be doing virtual work for my Paralympics contract. We use like the WhatsApp app. I don't know if you've heard of that, but so they're constantly (laughs) messaging. I feel like I'm there, but it's, it's so easy. So I'm constantly (laughs) talking to them. Um, I've got some like team nutrition stuff I'll do via that or I'll do via email. Um, sometimes I might be like making dinner and recording myself, like doing a quick like three minute video of actually my dinner because I'm sending that out to my para team as an option of a dinner, you know. So I, I try to I do a lot of like. Uh, multitasking and <laughs> I try to be as efficient as possible. <laughs> I try to throw a workout in here and there when I can fit it. Um, and I should say I don't actually work full time either. Um, and I haven't since I had kids. I've always been part time since. Um, 
Good for you. That's awesome. But that's a lot to get into part. <laughs> efficiency, <laughs> efficiency. <laughs> you must be a really am, good planner, yeah. my dear. <laughs> yes. How did you get hooked up with that Paralympics? Um, so it really was uh, something that came across the listserv um, for a group called CPSDA, mm. which is um, Collegiate and Professional Sports Dietitians Association. So they really, they really target full time. Uh, collegiate and professional dietitians for their like membership and that's who they kind of cater to and um, educate but obviously it's it's beneficial no matter what kind of sports or do you are but anyway so they have a listserv and um, they people at the time they don't they don't do this exactly this way anymore but at the time people could post jobs and so um, Liz Brode who um, is like the mother of sports Paralympic sports nutrition she just posted and said, you know, we're looking for a dietitian who's either local to Fort Wayne or very close that could drive. And um, I thought, you know, why not? You know, I'll apply and, and see. And it, it just ended up being a great fit because it was not a lot of time there. You know, it was enough to create relationships, but a lot of it was virtual. Um, so it's just been a really mm. nice fit. It's, it's one of the... Um, most supportive staffs that I've ever worked with as a sports dietitian because that's kind of a common roadblock I think um, working in in sports nutrition is are you going to get support from your coaches and your strength and conditioning specialist right and so yeah. um, I just the stuff I've been able to accomplish with that team I always I always tell the coaches well this is so much your success too because you allow me to do pretty much anything I want, you know, with the team, they're always like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. You That's know? awesome. So, <laughs> <laughs> Is it a certain type of athlete yeah. team that you work like? Uh, yeah. So I work sport? with goalball, uh, which is a sport for visually impaired athletes. Oh. Um, so yeah. So it's the only, it's the only Paralympic sport that doesn't have an Olympic um, partner or counter. Um, so it was exclusively created for visually impaired individuals. And then it kind of gained, uh, you know, popularity and eventually it became actually a Paralympic sport. Oh my gosh. What a it's great really thing to be cool. a part of. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, what does the future look like for you, Kate? Are you kind of, you know, is everything going really well or did you have big plans for anything new? Like you said, in the future, maybe you'd work a little bit more once the kiddos get a little bit older, but anything else that is kind of on your Gosh, horizon? Yeah, I don't know. Everything is so crazy right now. I, we really just take it one week at a time. <laughs> um, I've actually pulled back, you know, a, a little bit with work with uh, just the craziness of are we going to go virtual and what's going to happen with schools? So I, I wish I could sit here oh, and sure. as a really good entrepreneur, be able to tell you like, oh, I'm going to do this in a year and I'm going to do this in five years. But I really have learned uh, recently, yes, with the pandemic, but even prior to that with our move and everything, like just kind of, you know, if I'm happy with where things are at, just keep chugging along. And I really feel that the opportunities are going to come along that um, that are meant to. And um, and that's, you know, that's just kind of the kind of the way that I'm operating. Um, but yeah, I probably eventually we'll get back, you know, more into a little bit more working and, um, and see where that takes me. 
Well, and I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, sometimes it's okay not to have some big plans. Like you said, it's like, well, if, you know, things are meant to be, they'll, they'll come. And yeah. if not, then and, that's you know, okay you mentioned too. the Nutrition Entrepreneurs DPG. You know, that was something that I, yes. so I, I was on the scan board for about five years and it was really a great experience and did a lot of networking and built a lot of um, friendships that way. And I hadn't been involved with the board for a while. And, you know, I just said to my husband, I don't know what I'm going to do exactly with this business, but I feel like it might be a good idea to create relationships with dietitians who are entrepreneurs in something other than sports dietitian or sports nutrition, just to kind of get an idea of, okay, like, what are you doing and how do you do it? Um, and who knows, maybe down the line, you know, asking them advice on something or, or seeing if I can assist them with a project or that sort of thing. And so I have found from a networking side, like doing the harder work, right? Being on the board and doing that kind of stuff. But that, that really allows you to create, I think, better relationships and really get to know people better. Um, and they get to know you too, because they get to know like how well you do your job, right? And how, how responsible you are and that sure. sort of thing. And I think that really creates a foundation for, you know, at some point saying like, hey, can you talk to me about how you do this in your business? Or do you know of any, you know, companies who might be looking for somebody to do X, Y, Z or whatever the case. And so that is something that, you know, I, I'm strategically or did strategically try to get into as a way just to kind of keep myself involved a little bit more, even though I really am not working, you know, as much as I was at one point. I love that idea, though. Like, you're right, you can get kind of tunnel focused on the area of your expertise, but there are other, you know, areas that maybe can help well, you succeed Well, and I think, too, the great better. thing about being a dietitian is we can work in so many areas, you know? Like, um, it's okay if you want to switch and, you know, hone in on something else or get really good at something else. For a while, I was really interested in fertility nutrition, you know? And, like, I just think that's so cool as a dietitian that you don't have to stay in the same exact thing forever. And, you know, you can absolutely go and do something else. Right. Yeah. And your life experiences kind of help lead that, that adventure for you, I think, too, like things that happened to you personally that, you know, probably wouldn't have, you never would have yeah, thought of, you know, absolutely. five years ago. So that's kind of cool how that can happen, too. Interesting. Well, I'm so it's been so awesome learning about just all the things that you do and where you came from and how you successfully started a business before businesses <laughs> were even cool when it came to being a dietitian. <laughs> but I think that's awesome that you kind of pioneered that all for yourself and created oh, well, all these thank amazing you so much. connections. And thanks for having me on the show. It's been super fun talking with you. And before you leave, I have to, I have to no. ask you all my hard questions now that you've answered all the easy ones. So please share with me some foods um, that you enjoy. I, um, so I love salmon. That's a big one. I love cheesecake. That's my favorite dessert. Um, I love, what else do I love? Breakfast food. I could eat breakfast food all the time and it would never get old. Breakfast casseroles, <laughs> pancakes, waffles. <laughs> anything, you name it, I'm there. I'm all over that. All of it. All of those sound delicious. Um, beverages that uh, you enjoy. Boring. Um, I just like milk. I don't know. Water. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Kind of boring. That's okay. I mean, obviously adult beverages when it's appropriate. Um, but but um, yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> 
any scents or smells um, that you, you know, enjoy? That really coincides with the holidays. Like, you know, around Thanksgiving, I love to have like the pumpkin smelling candles around when it, when we transition mm-hmm. to Christmas, I like the gingerbread or like the pine type pine tree type scents. Um, you know, in the summer, yeah. just like a basic vanilla. Um, but that, yeah, I'd say that. And then the other, the other category would be like anything that reminds me of my mom cooking growing up. Like that's one of the reasons I love going home for Thanksgiving mm. so much is cause she like cooking is like her, um, love language. And so she just, oh my gosh, she is she's such a good cook. And I just love, there's just certain smells that remind me <laughs> of like Thanksgiving day when she's in the kitchen making all of her amazing dishes. Oh my, that's coming up. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, do you, is there any, like, do you have a favorite movie or any shows that you enjoy watching? Do you, you have know, time for I any of that? I'm not a big like TV person <laughs> at all, uh, but I do appreciate a good, uh, you know, Hallmark movie channel or something similar. I'm a big sure. fan of musicals. So um, <laughs> Sound of Music is really popular in our oh. family. We watch that pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Musicals yeah. are great. I love musicals. Mm-hmm. They're so fun. Um, and what brings you joy in life, Katie? Um, either Katie either Katie? way, but we'll say Katie because you Katie. that matches my business name. Okay, Kate. <laughs> okay, good. Well, you know what? My sister's name was Kate, and she always wanted to be called Kate. Never wanted oh. to be called Katie, so I never wanted oh, to get in funny. trouble that's with that's anyone funny. else. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Joy. So I, I have three kids, and they definitely bring me joy. You know, my husband brings me joy. Um, tr- working out brings me joy. Um, so yeah, I mean, really just any time that I can spend really good quality time with our like little family unit, uh, just brings me so much joy. Uh, here are you there. still doing triathlons? Not, not so much currently. Um, yeah. but yeah, here and there, I've always been the, the sprint sprint and Olympic distance, like the shorter ones. Whereas my husband is like the half Ironman, Ironman, crazy man. Um, I oh, just wow. don't have that kind of like <laughs> focus and interest. I get kind of bored after about 30 minutes of biking. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm done now. So yeah. Whereas he can be on the I'm bike good. for like four hours. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what are you thinking about? Oh, my like, gosh. I just want to go home and eat or something. I don't know. Like boring. So yeah. <laughs> do your kids, do your kids kind of tag along with you guys? And when you, when oh you're my gosh. We you know, have being the active, best set up for family bikes so when so i my family my you know kid story is we have i have two children who are eight and six and then we have a gap um where we we actually lost a child but we have a gap and then i have a, a daughter who's one and so Aww. our our evolution of biking setups over the years has been awesome so when we lived in <laughs> naperville uh, which is the suburb we lived in in chicago um, eventually as our kids were getting a little bit bigger, you know, the two, the initial two, my husband was like, I really want to get a tandem bike. And I just thought that was the, the, the most ridiculous thing. I, I, I was like, I will never be caught on a tandem. <laughs> well, so of course we got it. And so our setup was we had our tandem. We put a kid uh, seat right on the back of the tandem, like right behind me. Right. And that's where my, my oldest child, my daughter mm-hmm. was in. Cause she was probably, I don't know, three or four. 
And then we attached a bike trailer to the bike of the tandem and put my son. Oh my God. Like one or two into the trailer. <laughs> I can't even imagine what people in suburban Chicago thought of us when we were wow. like, biking down the road in our tandem, <laughs> you know, so ridiculous. But now, so it's evolved. So now when we do family bikes, um, my husband's on the front of the tandem. My daughter being eight can actually fit now on the back of the tandem, which is really cool. We attach the bike trailer to that. And that's where my youngest daughter is. And then I'm on a bike with a, it's called a tag along. And so my my son is attached to my bike and he's riding the tag along. And so we, we have so much fun. We do these bikes in the town, we get ice cream and we go see the grandparents and it's like the, you know, the quintessential family time. It's so much fun. It's so much fun. So, and they love it. They love it. So that's awesome. I'm picturing I'm picturing this <laughs> adorable family cruising in, in, in Michigan on all their bikes. I well, the tandem really makes the How picture, fun. right? You got to have the tandem. <laughs> oh, I so, bet. Yeah. So <laughs> well, you haven't sold it yet. So there's, awesome. there's a reason Honestly, why you still have so it. Much fun. It's so much fun. So. <laughs> Well, it has been awesome chatting with you today. Thank you so much for taking time and sharing your journey. And I, I'm so excited to continue to connect with you and follow you. And thanks for doing all the great things that you're doing. I think what really spoke to me today with Kate was all the things she has going on. She stays so grounded in what her goals are and finds the balance between her work life and her home life. There is so much emphasis on doing all the things when sometimes all the things are not as important of being with the people that you love. Kate seems to be doing a great job with her family and with her actual professional career. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.